Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Welcome to Second Wind. How are you today? Are you ready for a really, really interesting ride with my guest? Well, you're going to enjoy this time with my guest because she is, um, I want to say, a very special person. Um, and the reason that she's so special is because I met her very, very early in my career. And it was such an accident that we met, but we were at a conference and all sitting around a table. And she just had a light and energy um um, just a warmth about her. And so I was immediately drawn to her and had the fortune of studying with her for a while. So she was my mentor as well. You know, sometimes when we look at people that have really accomplished a lot in their life, we think they've had it easy. Life was really easy for them. Not so with my guest, and usually not so for a lot of people. It's that they have pursued, they have been resilient, they have pushed forth with their gifts so that they can share it with the world. Now I'm going to keep, I'm going to take off the cloud here and let you know that we will be talking today with Julie Renee. Julie Renee is a number one brain rejuvenation expert. She has mapped out the human blueprint and how to work in the quantum field for both clearing and cell regeneration in her groundbreaking book, Your Divine Human Blueprint. Her expertise includes the complete removal of spiritual parasites and anchors. She is the mentor to the mentors and works with folks like Jack Hemfield, Marcia Shimoff, actress Barbara Niven, and a host of other celebrities. She trained students in her original quantum act- activation trainings, reaching into 64 countries with the miracle of live stream trainings. Prolific. She is a best-selling author, and has more than 150 trainings and 187 transformative meditation. On the softer side of Julia Renee, she lives in California and is a new mother of Adelaide. So I'm sure we're going to share some information and excitement about Adelaide today. But Julie, welcome. Julie Renee, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Do you remember in 1910 when we met? (laughs) (laughs) 1910. (laughs) I'm guessing it's 19. Oh, sorry, 2010. (laughs) You're going to be laughing. This is good. (laughs) Well, you think I I try to entertain as well as interview. That would be a hundred and some years. I love that because I teach about growing younger. So uh, living 150 years would be awesome. I love that. But, of course, I remember when we met. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it was in Dallas, Texas, and we were at an e-women's conference. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I was certainly drawn to you. 
Um, as we sat around that table and, and just loved the years that we spent studying together and you were, you were definitely, um, a powerful mentor to me. Um, and I, um, go back and listen to your, your meditations and your work that I, um, collected during those years myself, even still. One of the things that I think we we have a way of thinking as we're listening, and my listeners may be thinking, oh, yeah, she had it so easy. She's arrived at all of this uh, fame, and she's created all these products, and she's just really at the top of her game, and they go, but it, she's lucky. She got it easy. <laughs> and I think we need to just get rid of that myth right <laughs> None of us yeah. have it easy when we're growing and developing. So I w- I'd love it if you'd share with us just your gr- some of your growth, some of the yeah. experiences yeah. you had. Well, um, I know you know some of this, but I know it would be helpful to review it. It's like I survived the atomic bomb testing when I was a child. And by 18, tumors were appearing in my body. We didn't know what it was. By 24, I had terminal cancer and uh, lost uh, my thyroid. I was pregnant with my third child at the time. And really, there was very little hope that I would live. Um, I got down to 96 pounds. I'm 5'6", so it was just skin and bones. Mm-hmm. And um, I died. I died at age 24 for the first time, and hovering over my body, watching my life pass before me, I was like, I know I'm supposed to stay. I'm not supposed to go. I'm not done. (laughs) And I pushed myself back in my body, and I began to force myself to eat. And I think one of the things that they had seen with the cancer is that I just couldn't eat anymore because of the surgery on my neck had affected Mm. me being able to be comfortable eating and Mm-hmm. Anyway, I gained a bunch of weight and um, I hung in there, had 17 surgeries, multiple cancers, died twice, oh. was in a wheelchair for a year, told I would never walk without unbearable pain and canes. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Hearing this I, again. Um, yeah. yeah. It was so such a big, big life. I think um, my marriage didn't survive the first cancer, so at 24... We divorced, and I lost custody of my children, and um, it was just so devastating. And uh, so I'm starting family now. I have a, a daughter, Ad- uh, Adelia. Adelia. Oh, and, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's all right. It's it's so close. Adelaide and Adelia mm-hmm. are very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm starting family over now. I'm just, you know, it's never too late to live mm-hmm. your dreams. And... Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a beautiful home, so I, I can tell you the financial chaos of going through all of those surgeries and all of that illness, uh, you can recover from that. Mm. Um, but what happened uh, uh, about 10 years ago, maybe a little more than 10 years ago, was I had kind of reached my point of, I can't take this anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure many of you listeners have, have felt that way, like, God, please. Mm-hmm. And what was in my mind, God, you promised me the Garden of Eden, and I'm living in hell on earth. And I don't want to live this way anymore. So you either take me or you make me well. And I didn't want to die. I was very clear mm-hmm. about that. So I was going to have to ascend right there with my body. So I was not going to die. I was just, like, not interested in that. I'd already had that opportunity and said no to that. Mm-hmm. And um, in the garden, I really woke up to myself. I remembered who I was and why I'd come, that I came to teach about the human blueprint, that I'd done it in other lifetimes, and I was going to do it now again. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'd given myself such a difficult life was so that I could really relate to the suffering of humanity, that I wouldn't be just a teacher coming in and teaching yes. like a talking head. I was yes. going to be somebody who understood it all, and mm-hmm. that I I would, as I... I got myself out of suffering and I lifted myself out of pain, I would be able to show people the way using the human blueprint in the quantum field. And that is indeed what I have done through the years. And um, it's been an incredible blessing and such a, 
a relief to know who I am and to be awake and to be able to teach and share and be healthy and mm-hmm. have my financial life working and have, <laughs> you know, my, my family growing. And it's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to go back and just pick up something that was very, you mentioned very early. How can you be exposed to radiation? Because that's well, where it, your story started, yeah, kind of. It did, yeah. Um, I We were on vacation uh, in the Nevada desert when they were doing atomic bomb testing, underground bomb testing. And they did uh-huh. that from 46 to 76 or 79, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. the United States government did. And there were um, Nevada and Arizona, there were testing different testing sites. And so you might have heard that John Wayne and some of the Western actors died of cancer oh, yes. related to atomic bomb exposure. Well, they mm. weren't at a bomb site. Right. They were just literally filming in those areas where the underground testing was contaminating their mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. So they had gotten enough exposure that they uh, they developed cancer. And as did I, got enough exposure that mm. I started growing tumors and cancer. So you were there with your family at a young, much younger age and yeah. and um, experienced this without really knowing you were experiencing it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'd ask my parents later, like around the times that I was getting the cancer treatments, did you mm-hmm. know? And they said, well, yeah, we knew they were doing bomb testing, but um, they, there was no awareness of the kind of harm it was. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't know mm-hmm. that, like, they're just, like, on vacation. Nobody gave them warnings that they shouldn't be there, and the parks were open, and we went hiking, and my dad had a mission of taking us to all the states and showing us all the national monuments, and, you know, I mean, we we did. We went to 48 states when I was a child, mm-hmm. and my dad was on this mission to get everything, all the pins on the map, and yes. so he was just doing his thing, getting all the pins on the map. If there was any warnings about health, he would have paid attention, but there weren't. Yeah, right. yeah we knew, mm-hmm. you know, we knew, mm-hmm. but there weren't, mm-hmm. you know, who knew that? Who knew yeah. that that would be so mm-hmm. far-reaching and so devastating? Yeah. Now, you experienced that, and, of course, the cancer is not an easy journey at all for you nor your caretakers. It's it's very demanding. Um and and so the healing, the experience in the garden that you talk about mm-hmm. happened in your own garden where you were just at the end of your wits, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was just that crying out that really uh, made the connection. Or can you mm. talk more about that? Yeah, I can. Um, I also want to say I had no caretakers. I was completely oh. alone in life. Yeah. Oh, my so, goodness. Right. I had no one to help me. So mm-hmm. I lost custody of my children, which broke my heart. Definitely. And then had no one to help me. So mm-hmm. I was on my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was it. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, what? it was more than that. I uh, I went to my garden. So when I was 33, I went to India. When I was 24, I was diagnosed with terminal cancer, not expected to live. At 33, I was still alive and having Mm -hmm. a life. And I had gone through 10 years of radiation treatment, I think the last treatment I had when I came back from India. But I went to India, and I sat under the Bodhi tree, Mm -hmm. uh, Buddha. uh, So it was um, one of the, you know, how they cut off the branch of the Bodhi tree and replant it. So this was from Mm -hmm. originally from the Bodhi tree. Buddhist, the tree that Buddha sat under when he was enlightened. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you know the story about Buddha, Buddha was told that he could not be enlightened, that it was impossible. He was the son of a wealthy king. He was a prince. He mm-hmm. had wealth beyond measure, mm-hmm. and that wealthy people couldn't become enlightened. That's what he was told. And he went and just meditated under the Bodhi tree for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did reach his enlightenment state and prove to everyone that it has nothing to do with wealth. You know, it's the local or the common thought of, during that time was that if you had wealth, it would prevent you from 
uh, uh, Mm. ascending or becoming Mm -hmm. awakened. Mm -hmm. But his stubborn determination and belief in himself and and his relationship, like, I'm I'm not disadvantaged, Mm -hmm. um, that inspired me. I went into the garden in the same way, declaring, God, you promised me this, and I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait on you until you give it to me. Mm-hmm. So that was really the approach that Buddha did was, I'm going to wait on you until you give this to me. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I, I chanted and I prayed and I uh, I did the Indian chants that I knew. Mm-hmm. I did prayers to, obviously, I was raised Christian. I did prayers to God, Jesus, and Mary. I sang songs to Jesus and Mary. I did the, the Hindu chanting, too. I, did, I covered all the bases, mm-hmm. and I sat, and I sat in my garden, and... Um, Every day I went out and sat in my garden, but the very first day I felt the presence of the divine. I felt God with me. And I was observing in my mind's eye, so it wasn't something you could physically see, but I could see a master cell in my mind's eye, maybe the first cell of me. Mm-hmm. Master cells are the cells that are with you after about seven or eight days after conception. So they're the cells that hold all the information to grow the body. And oh. I was looking at a master cell, and that cell was very sick. It looked dead when I was looking at it, and it, it mm. started becoming alive, and it got brighter and brighter and brighter until, oh, my God, it was this pulsing blue orb. It had gotten to its God state, and it had healed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that healing, the direction for my body to heal began. And within six months of that garden experience, and I kept going into the garden for weeks, I, every morning for a couple, two, three hours, as long as I could sit, understanding I was in uh, extreme pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was walking with a cane at that point. And, um, but I just kept going in, and my, my legs got better. Um, and within six months, I was running 30 miles a week. Oh, my. On trail. Within wow. six months, I was dancing on stage with a rock and roll band. And these were things that doctors said, please stop hurting yourself by thinking about these things from your past. You'll never mm-hmm. dance again. You'll never mm-hmm. run again. And very soon, you'll be bedbound. We don't expect you to be able to walk much longer. So that was kind of their diagnosis was... You know, you're done. And mm-hmm. um, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. So so my body began to regenerate. Well, then the doctors and scientists were watching me, my friends. Mm-hmm. And they were going, what in the heck is going on with you? Because <laughs> you're getting better, and we can see it. And what would happen is, as I was getting better, I was looking younger. I was looking different. Oh. And there was this, like, what the heck? is going on because at some point someone was saying my god you look like you could be the daughter of the woman i knew 10 years ago i don't understand this you were old looking 10 Mm -hmm. years ago and now you look like you know 20 30 years younger Mm -hmm. so how are you doing this so that got me to write your divine human blueprint and got me um, teaching people. So I was I was already doing massage, and um, I was doing hot stone jadeite treatments, which mm-hmm. are kind of mystical. I was mm-hmm. doing some clairvoyant readings for people and guiding people, and mm-hmm. now I was able to step up and and actually show people this is what I can see. And then mm-hmm. there was a whole process of being able to tr- um, really translate what I was seeing and what I was experiencing into words that people could understand. So that was like a big thing with the yeah. Your Divine Human Blueprint. Mm-hmm. Things came out kind of backwards when I was trying to write the book. It was, it was <laughs> really a challenge for the editors because I would, I would write in the way that I could see it, and I would get all the English words in there, but they wouldn't mm-hmm. like flow in any kind of sense. Um, so I had I had uh, had to work with the editors for a long time to get it so it made sense. To mm. Now, did you feel in writing this book it, it was a download, or did you feel as though it was from your own experience? Yeah, it was. Do you understand? Um, yeah, it wasn't from something else. I kept uh-huh. looking into the blueprint and writing what I was seeing in the blueprint. Okay. And yeah. if you if you've had. Uh, the pleasure of reading this 600 pages, you'll see that it's filled with my own personal stories and stories of people that I worked with. And so it's, it's very much um, about what I've learned 
from the blueprint and looking into the blueprint. And while I was working on the book, it it primarily got written in 11 weeks uh, on the beach in Mexico. Um, wow. There were other times that I was writing it, but I took 11 weeks uh uh, over the course mm-hmm. of about a year and a half, so like two and three weeks at a time, and I oh. go down and mm-hmm. I just write. Mm-hmm. And um, I sit in a lawn chair uh, under an umbrella, and the uh, cabana boys would bring me my iced teas every hour and mm-hmm. um, my mm-hmm. salads, and I would just sit and write for eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. And so that I would just keep looking into the blueprint. Okay, what did I? What can I see here? How can I explain mm-hmm. it to people? And so that was how I did it. I just kept looking. I would just, you know, withdrew from uh, friends and clients mm-hmm. and just became one with the the water, the ocean, and the divine, and just wrote. Wow. So you wrote that and published it in what year? Um, Did you? Gosh, well, you might have written it early. Did you? You? When I said prolific, I'm not kidding, folks. This lady is the most prolific writer. Um, <laughs> you have a lot of information, which you have yeah. written over the years. Yeah. But you didn't always publish it after you had written it until <laughs> years later, right? Yes. Right. I. Um, I just. You know. It's so funny because I, 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 you know, in the old model, we needed to have a publisher and mm-hmm. we needed to, you know, we, we needed to have a New York Times bestseller and we, we had, there was all this stuff involved with that. And so I was working on writing the best book I could write. So I just kept writing manuscript <laughs> after manuscript. I wrote a lot of books. Yeah. And then finally I was discovered by Bill uh, White, White, Waterhouse, uh, mm-hmm. Bill and he is with um anyway he was Eckhart Tolle's uh publish uh oh. publisher um not publisher uh agent and mm. he said i want to be your agent and i only sign mm-hmm. three or four people a year and uh i'd like to sign you so we oh. signed a contract mm-hmm. and um so he signed me and then um we had a conversation a really heart to heart conversation and i said he said, when you sign a contract with, like, Hay House or any any of them, I mean, mm-hmm. not just, I'm not just picking out Hay House, he right. said, when you sign any a contract time. with them, you, um, you, you give away your intellectual property to them. That means that if you don't have a big sell of mm-hmm. the book, um, they can choose to never publish it again, and you can't publish your own works. Oh. And I thought... Oh, I had no, no idea. So that I couldn't, so there was a 600 page book and mm-hmm. I was going, and all this information that had gone in there, which was incredible. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't, um, you know, selling millions of copies, they mm-hmm. could just close it down and say, okay, it was published, it's over. And mm-hmm. then I could never take the information that was in that book and publish it again. Like republish the chapters or anything. Yes. I, I wasn't. Oh, you. Oh my goodness. Because you awesome. sell your rights. I know people yeah. don't actually realize that, but it's why I decided to self-publish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just. It just was like, oh gosh, you know, this is too precious mm-hmm. to have a, a publisher be able to just say it's dead in the water. It's never going to be seen again. Right. And. Uh, so, uh, and then three years ago, um, Jack Canfield, I, I just adore mm-hmm. him. He's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I've done um, a couple um, one-to-one coaching sessions where I go in for a, a two-day with him. Mm-hmm. And he looks at everything that I have and makes suggestions on what to do. And he challenged me, said, you know, I want you to publish everything you've written because humanity needs it. <laughs> mm. What a great compliment. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so I at that point had written 11 manuscripts and I think we've got, I think we've got eight of them published now. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going through one by one. It takes about four to six months to bring a book out. Even though I'm not writing a new book, it takes about that long to, you know, clean it up and have it edited and yeah. designed and cover design and all that stuff and get it on the market. So, so that's what we're doing one by one by one. So given the pace, we'll, we'll probably have them all done in about three years. Um, <laughs> which has been, you know, it, it was, it was a great challenge. I'm so grateful to Jack for doing that with me because yes. it's, uh, it's gotten some of my spiritual work out, some of my artistic work out and mm-hmm. certainly my 
my healing uh, information and knowledge has come out too. So um, things that I wrote 10 years ago about wellness right after the experience (laughs) in the garden where I wasn't quite ready yet to define what was happening to me. I was wanting to talk about how to be healthy, like awakening the healthy human. That was really about how do you wake yourself up to become healthy and how do you claim that for yourself? Mm-hmm. And uh, quantum healing secrets, and so yeah, yeah. Well, I believe sometimes in your book, uh, your Divine Human Blueprint, as you said, is six hundred pages. It is a big book, and wouldn't it be oh, so sad that if the time that it's put out, I think books go in cycles, as mm-hmm. do the readers, and to lose that book would just be such a uh, no. That's no, <laughs> because right. That was that was exactly what I felt too. So it was just like a no. We just we're not going to let that happen. That's never yes. going to happen. Well, you said you have written five books this year that you published this year, this last year. Five, five books we published this year. I wouldn't say I've written them this year. Yes, those no, are, that, yeah, those are pulled out of the archives, which there are quite a few more that need to be pulled out of the archives. But um, yeah, we we published five of them this year. Very exciting. Yes, and you talked with me briefly about uh, one that's connecting with. It's called illumination, and um, when and when I when we come back because I don't want to get into this before uh, that we would have to stop the explanation of the work. So uh, I want to talk about that, but one of the things that that you didn't share with us is that you know you had a heartbreak end of a relationship and all of these I just want to I really want to stress this to my listeners pain is a way to grow many times and as Judy Renee shared with us it's what enabled her am I taking words out of your mouth I don't mean to to experience um, yeah, and sadness. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think when you bring that up, and I, I should have mentioned this. I think I, I just kind of skipped through twenty years so we could get to <laughs> the garden experience. But yes. right before the garden experience, I had met uh, a man who I was in love with, uh, a pediatrician, and we were getting married. And uh, two weeks before the wedding, we, we were going to have uh, surrogate children. We had two surrogates lined up to mm-hmm. have children for us. And um, we had already purchased a house. Uh, we were in escrow. And he uh, he backed out right uh, oh. two weeks before the wedding. Mm-hmm. And I, I went into such a level of grief around that. I just I had to just let it all go, let everything, yeah. all my dreams had to go away for a while and go through about a year and a half of grief. The year and a half of grief coming out of that was when I went into the garden. I was like, God, uh-huh. I can't live it this way anymore. Yeah. So Julie, I'm going to stop you here because you need to go to break. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. 
Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Julia, Julie Renee. Well, Julie, I can't talk. Um, and we are, she wrote the book, groundbreaking book, Your Divine Human Blueprint. And that was the book that, although she had written many other things, that was the book that established her as a number one brain rejuvenation expert. Uh, she's worked with many well-known people and she, is with us today because she is the best-selling author and she has so many writings that each of you can participate. You can go to her website. You can, you can be exposed and start receiving blessings through working and studying with her. Um, Julie, now, Julie Renee, now, um, We've talked about your past, and, and we talked about the five books that you published last year. You had written them earlier, but they were published last year. And one that you shared with me uh, was the uh, Illumination. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that book? You said so many people have enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I wrote a rosary um out of kind of an example of the Catholic rosary, but one that had no kind of I'm not worthy or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's a very extremely uplifting, heart-opening rosary. And um, mm-hmm. it has the joyful, challenging, and glorious mysteries. And, um, and I used the scripture, but I interpret it from you know, this era, not from the old era. So then there's a a guideline of awakening in this era, not the old era where the Mm -hmm. rosary came in. And um, I've just been kind of blown away. I I worked on that for about 10 years, and we published the the Illumination Rosary, the little prayer book, and the guidebook, uh, the full source book, um, this year. And, um, but people have, uh, said the rosary with me for the last couple of years. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And what had kind of blown, blown me away was the beautiful, we don't get just like, I love this book. <clears throat> we get a whole story. We get a letter, a whole long letter of how it changed their life because it helped them connect with Divine Mother Mary. And it is yes. what you'd think. It isn't from Catholics. It's from Jewish people and it's from Muslims and it's from Christian people and it's from Catholic people. And it's, um, it's this, heart opening rosary, a repetitive prayer that you understand what you're doing and mm-hmm. you um open to receive the blessings of the Divine Mother in your life in that moment and then uh on through the day. And how people have taken that book and they're using one of the peace components as a daily meditation for themselves or a daily practice. Mm-hmm. And we've just gotten Many, 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 many letters of thanks that they wouldn't have. It was. It's kind of like the little sleeper book. You wouldn't think <laughs> would hold the magic, but that book has like <laughs> so much magic. It's just simple and beautiful, and um, it really brings you to the presence of Divine Mother mm. instantly. I just what really it, like it. The, you pick it up and it, and it's happening. Now, uh, to buy your books, do they go to your website or do they go to Amazon or? Where do yeah, they find either, your books? You know, at either one. You can go to julierenee.com, and mm-hmm. um, we have all the books on the website. And um, they're all up on Amazon, though, too. So if you're, you know, if you're in another country and um, U.S. people probably want to uh, buy from our website, I autograph the books, so that's kind of a fun little extra oh, thing that nice. you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and share with us your website, if you will. JulieRenee.com, J-U-L-I-E-R-E-N-E-E.com. Great. Uh, oh, and we can connect with you on Facebook as well. Yes. Do you, do you interact on Facebook? Um, um, I, 
I do some. Uh, I def- definitely do on my personal page. So if you um, just follow me on the personal page, you're going to see me there every day. Okay. Personal yeah. page on on Facebook. Facebook? Oh, okay. Yes. So yeah. the personal page on Facebook is Julie Renee Doring, D O E R I N G, and I post uh, I post once a day for sure, and I oh, do interact right. with people there. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Um, now. You said you published five. Out of those five, is the Illumination one of the most popular of those five? I know they were all full of valuable information. But, oh, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Illumination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's been, that was why I was mentioning it to you. I was, I thought this, you know, sometimes you do things for yourself. And mm-hmm. um, I just like, I just have to. This is important to me. Mother Mary helped restore my voice. I, I had paralyzed vocal cords after the cancer surgery and was never going to sing again. And a few years later in the Basilica of St. Mary's, kneeling, Mary appeared to me 12 feet in front of me and said, sing. And I said, Mary, I can't sing anymore. And she goes, I know, sing. And I sang with the voice of an angel, and she she gave me back my voice. And um, a couple of years later, later I had uh, my vocal cords tested, and they were still paralyzed. So there I was singing like an angel, and the medical <gasps> profession hurt. saying, "No, you can't sing like an angel." But <laughs> I was singing like an angel. Like I went into church this week, and mm-hmm. I was feeling very kind of strongly emotional. We're moving. There's lots of things going on, <laughs> and I would just sing. I just stood in the back of the church and I just sang like full voice angel and people came up to me going oh my god the whole church was elevated when you opened your mouth we all just went to heaven with you you know so um that's so for me i want to do some things about mother mary even though i've been coached you know you shouldn't do religion i i get that but this Mm -hmm. is my heart you know Mm -hmm. I, i get that you know this is for everybody and so what's so sweet is it is for everybody. This isn't religion. This is the rosary, yes, but this mm-hmm. is about connecting with our divine self. And, of course, that's what makes the magic. I mean, I, I've just been thinking, what is really the difference between divine connection and love? Really nothing. You know, so, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's the same thing. You yeah. know, when you when you feel yeah. divinely connected, you feel the, that kind of agape love. And I, I, agape is such a weak word for us in our language, but it isn't in its original language. You feel mm-hmm. divine love. You feel unconditional, the vibration and frequency of love. Mm-hmm. So where, where, where we can find that is where we open to the field of transformation, in the quantum pleasure field or the field of transformation. That Mm -hmm. is where the miracles happen. Not when we're down and dirty and grumpy and sad and irritable, (laughs) but when we get into that state Mm -hmm. of of gratitude and of of appreciation and of love and of the miraculous, you know, just in awe, in, uh, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I I think about glory and I think about... Mm -hmm. um, you know, those beautiful words, all those rich words in spirituality that define the connection uh, when a person has that ecstatic experience where they are they're in the presence of an angel or God appears to them and yeah. there's something beyond. Mm. Yeah. When you When you say God appears, for you... Has that been through image, through voice, through... And I only ask that question because some people might set themselves aside and say, I could never do that. That would never happen to me. And I think God is present for all of us and received in different ways. Yeah. No, I I don't get a voice or uh, an image. Uh, I do see angels, and I I have Mm -hmm. seen Jesus and Mary, but not, uh, not, um, you know, Mother, Father. I call it Mother, Father, God, but you could call it Mm -hmm. Father, God. It's the same, same reference that I'm referring to. Um, Let me say that after my prayers and my um, just raising my voice and singing the full gift of my voice on Sunday morning, Mm-hmm. My life felt peaceful and at ease, and a shift happened that I was asking for, where there was something stuck, mm-hmm. and something that was stuck became unstuck. 
and there was like an outpouring of spiritual gifts. And what I could see just on a tangible level was my prayers were heard. And so that to me is God appearing all, you know, I, I think, um, I, I had picked out a, a lot and a home that I just fell in love with. I want to move to, mm-hmm. and I have this beautiful home here that I'm selling. Mm-hmm. I'm moving from one paradise to another paradise. <laughs> um, but I was just feeling uh, anxious about everything, and it just went the other direction. It just like, mm-hmm. oh, there were three people interested in the lot. Maybe I won't get it. You know, I I got a message from the salesperson saying, we want to give you the opportunity to buy the lot. So he's not letting the other people even know. You know, so um, that came yesterday. He said, just immediately fill this application out because he's checking Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm serious. So I fill out the application like Mm -hmm. three minutes after he sent me the message. Mm -hmm. And um, But, you know, that kind of like... Whatever the anxieties were, they all went away because everything was like a little checklist of, okay, that, 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 Mm -hmm. that just lined up for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the presence of God for me is when I Mm -hmm. cry out and say, God, I need a shift. I glorify you. I thank you. I know you've given me so much already. And Mm -hmm. that's that was kind of what I felt. It was like an awareness of Mm. don't say, God, please help me. Say, thank you, God, for helping me. Uh, The God, please help me is the helplessness. And Mm -hmm. the God, thank you for helping me for all the things that are going to be happening in the near future. When you say it that way, you then you then are the stand of I believe it's already happening. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah. then there's an easier way for it to get to you, and mm-hmm. that I would say that knowing came in on Sunday morning when I was singing, of mm-hmm. oh, it's not Beautiful. God, please help me. It's God, thank you, God, for helping me. Just mm-hmm. a little shift, just a shift yeah. in mindset, and I, I just became very peaceful. Like that's right, thank you, God, for helping me. I live it's... in a beautiful home. If I just stayed here, <laughs> nothing would be wrong. You know. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was so excited um, that you had bought this beautiful home on top of a, a mountain. It seemed like it was in the clouds, really, um, yeah. very pristine. And then you made a big shift. I mean, his career is growing, and you certainly have many, many demands on your time. You made the shift into, I want to be a mother again, or a mother again. And so... um that was so interesting to me. Do you, would you feel like sharing a little of that ex- desire? Yeah. I think um, I kept that in my heart rather than telling people <clears throat> because I'd had a lot of disappointment. So between 40 and 47, I had 13 miscarriages trying to have a baby. So I had not wanted a baby. And then at 49, I was engaged to this man. I mentioned the pediatrician, and we had two surrogates lined up to uh, carry children for us so that I could have children because I was no longer able to carry. Um, And then um, I went through a grieving period, and uh, about four years ago uh, it occurred to me that time was going faster than Mm -hmm. I wanted it to Mm -hmm. and that I had not thought that I didn't want to have children. I had just not put myself in a position to have children. So I bought this beautiful house thinking I'm going to raise children here because it's horses and it's on three Uh acres. It's a horse property. You could have horses here and chickens here. It would be a beautiful country lifestyle for children. Mm -hmm. And then the reality of bringing Adelia home. So actually, to me, when I bought this house, I was thinking about children, but Uh I didn't verbalize it to people around me. So even my realtor was like, you weren't thinking about children. I'm like, oh, yes, I was. I was (laughs) appalled that the second master bathroom didn't have just like a normal bathtub in it. It has a steam room and, you know, three showers and, you know, like it's crazy way outdone for what children need. So, yeah, I I was definitely thinking about children when I was buying the house. Um, But what I discovered in the daily life of having a toddler of 16 months is Mm. that we have four flights of stairs. It's marble floor, so she falls on the floor. Mm. Um, 
it's a half an hour at minimum to anything, to church or anywhere, because we're so far out in the country. Oh. And um, so it's not like friends can drop their kids off and they can play with Adelia mm-hmm. or Adelia can go. Mm-hmm. We we do make a play date every week and we do go to a library play date. But Adelia is a little lonely out here. It's just yeah. very isolated on the top of the mountain. And thinking mm-hmm. about I'm planning to adopt a second child, oh. so it, becomes, it becomes harder to... Mm-hmm. Um, to do everything with two kids and piling them, you know, it's you know, with one toddler, there's a poopy mm-hmm. diaper right when you're ready to put her in the car, and then you have to start <laughs> all over again. And you think about two kids and getting to the grocery store might take two hours, you know, like I don't know. Yeah. But I just started thinking we have to be more practical. And three mm-hmm. acres and what it takes, the you know, one manicured acre, uh, we have just an unbelievable as much this is like a palace. People come over and like, oh, my God, this is huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you go outside, and there's as much outdoor living, too. And I was like, yeah. you know, I love this. Beautiful. But for a single woman with babies, it's, the, mm-hmm. it's not practical. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. buying a house in a family neighborhood on a cul-de-sac that's full of kids. <laughs> it has babysitters and children. The kids can run out the front love door and play with the kids. Oh, I love it. So that's yeah. the new dream. And that yeah. works. I love, I love this, Julie Renee, that you are sharing with my listeners that there are always possibilities. So many times I hear women that shut themselves down at age 50 or 40, way too early. The possibilities are always available to us to keep growing. And, and really living a full, happy life. And you just said it beautifully this hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sixty. I'm six zero. Sixty. I'm sixty. Oh my adopting baby. That is absolutely mm. fabulous. No yeah. wonder I like so, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I started um, started the adoption process uh, fifty eight. They like you. Um, there's in California. You need to be. Uh, um, you have to have your first adoption before you turn 60. Uh-huh. And I did. Adelia uh-huh. uh, came uh, before I turned 60. She came at 59. She came a year and a half ago. So um, yeah. So now I can adopt another one, and um, it's it's wonderful. I mean, you know, I think the other thing I hear people talking themselves into. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. How mm-hmm. can you do this? I'm mm-hmm. tired. Well, you know, honestly, toddlers and babies are going to make you tired, um, but you mm-hmm. can be tired if you want to. You can be an old, tired person, or you can keep up with your babies, and you can run around and take a nap when they take a nap. And, you know, I did that when I was 20 years old. I was taking naps with my babies. You're just, Absolutely. You know, we got tired and, then, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just the, the state of things. You're tired, and it's not, like, dangerous for your health to be tired. You're just <laughs> tired because you're up because the baby needs to be fed or a diaper needs to be ever, and... You know, life goes on, and I think, mm. I think if I could say something, I've watched some of my friends who are sixty, mm-hmm. uh, exactly my age, and um, they're ready to retire, and they're partying hardy because they have ten years of good life left, and then they're going to be old and decrepit. <laughs> and I, and they say things like that, and I'm just like, cancel, cancel, cancel. Uh-huh. I don't believe any of that, and I. Um, I'm making arrangements to be around for another 60, 70 years because I want to see my grandkids and my great-grandkids. <laughs> and um, Definitely. There's, you know, there's a mindset that we go into our future with. Now, people always mm-hmm. guess me younger. Um, I'm mm-hmm. dating a fellow who's 13 years younger right now, and mm-hmm. he just sees me as a beautiful woman. He can't see my age. Mm-hmm. So just know you don't have to be all tied up, and I don't try to be – Younger, I try to be myself. I'm myself, and I don't like. I don't feel bad. I'm willing to put this on radio that I'm 60. I don't mm-hmm. feel bad about it. It's a great age to be. I'm young. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to mm-hmm. live to 140, 150 mm-hmm. years old, I'm young. So mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes. Um, yes. I. I also am an adoptive parent. I adopted my children at 34, so entering that parenting uh, world at that age, I felt a little older, but I think they've really helped keep me young in that they're just 
you know, you do things, you play more, you, you yeah. experience some of those things that we put aside because they're not part of the life when we get yeah. to be fifties and sixties. But yeah. you can definitely keep moving. You can. So, well, we know what's your next stages. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> and still, yes, you, you do. have this very demanding uh, public life. I'm sure that you, with your classes, and you have a wonderful offer for us today that I'd like to share with our listeners. Oh yeah. Well, it's really what I'd, what I'd love for you to do is just click on the link that we're providing for you and mm-hmm. fill out the, the, the quiz, the 100% you quiz. Um, what that's going to give you is what you need. So we have different programs that we gift people and based uh-huh. on if you have financial needs or if your mm-hmm. phys- physical needs, um, if you know, you're struggling with fatigue, those kinds of things, we, we respond to the quiz and give you the appropriate gifts, um, meditation programs that help you improve that situation. So when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, well, this would be perfect because we can figure out you, the listener, what's your challenge and we can give you what you need rather than just something that we give everybody. That is very perfect. I love it. I will be going there right after this interview. interview I'm participating. I'm a full participant. (laughs) Fantastic. I love that. Oh, Julie, you're so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Well, I am just been delighted to, one, renew the, the, the conversation with us, to have you share your story as well as all of the wonderful things you have provided. Everybody, I mean, the words, the divine human blueprint, the the many things that you're publishing now, your illumination book. Uh, I mean, I, it's just been a pleasure for me to be able to expand this, to let the message, to let the secret out, which you're not a secret, but <laughs> I'm, we're, I'm helping be part of that, uh, carrying that message out to the world, and I, I am very grateful for that. Um, I know that the, um, you know, it's just magical to know of the children that are enriching and bringing you even more happiness into your life. I'm very happy for that. So thank you for being with us today. This has been a pleasure and I, um, look forward to hearing and reading more of your books, Julie Renee, my friend from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yeah. Joyce, it's been just wonderful. I just love who you are and how you've just blossomed. I, I love that you're working with bringing out your genius and that you're helping mentor especially women going through difficult a difficult moment or a difficult period in their life and and I, I really 100% listen if you've had a tough life it means that you are really blessed because mm-hmm. you know God wants to keep you really close you're getting to grow a lot if you mm-hmm. took on a lot of challenges in this life your opportunity is to be magnificent and to break through all kinds of things that you've been stuck with. So just know that you're you're where you need to be right now and things are changing and your miracles are coming. Oh, thank you. What a beautiful way to end our session today. Thank you, Julie Renee. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services